Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another segment of the Rowdy Buddhist. I appreciate your support. We've had overwhelming appreciation for this, and uh, please continue to support us so that we can be able to benefit as many people as possible. Uh, please consider sharing it on your pages uh, so that you know as many people as possible can find our podcast and enjoy it and learn from it. So today we're talking about the fifth paramita, which is dhyana. Dhyana. Dhyana in Japanese, zenjo, which means concentration. Now, it's a really interesting and loaded word, actually, the word concentration, because, you know, nowadays they have such ideas as mindfulness, and that's very much promoted in most of the meditation circles. And uh, we as Buddhists, especially Nichiren Buddhists, should understand what this word concentration means. And in doing so, that's why I would refer everyone that we should use the Buddhist word because the Buddhist word dhyana uh, is quite different than just being concentrated. Because as we go in, we'll see what, what's actually meant by that. And as we are working through the last uh, four paramitas, which I hope everyone has uh, been working on and taking a look to see how to incorporate it in their life and making sure that they're uh, looking and uh, observing deeply into them. Uh, as you can see, in order to have a proper meditation practice, which when they say concentration, they are saying meditation as well. It, it's said both ways, but dhyana is usually a state of concentration within the physical form of meditation. So it's very important that we as Buddhists understand what the actual idea of meditation is within our practice because med there are so many different forms of meditation in many different traditions that the ultimate goal is different than Buddhism. So we should be aware that not all meditations are Buddhist meditation. And meditations are used as a tool uh, to instill the state of dhyana. And dhyana allows us to to see into uh, what the, the final one is, wisdom, uh, prajna, which allows us to have clarity. So the actual physical uh, ap action of doing meditation in order to have dhyana is, is essential. So if you look at the practice of Buddhism, they have the concept in the Theravadan tradition that within this concept of, of dhyana, they call it the four jhanas. Uh, jhana is kind of a state, so it's not simply just being able to concentrate on something, okay? And this is what we'll get to. So when we say concentration, if we look at the previous uh, actions, such as the first uh, paramita of generosity, the second one of morality, third one of patience, and the fourth of energy, you know, all of those are the correct states and actions which promote the mind to correctly enter into dhyana. Because simply, what one of the things people don't understand is that, and, and the, most of the meditation manuals teach, is that there are preparatory practices to entering meditation. So meditation simply isn't just sitting and counting your breath. That's the entrance point for a lot of different traditions, but that's ultimately not 
the ultimate goal of meditation and and also the quality of meditation because the jhana is uh, the different states that are attained through this concentration and awareness um and and those of course are the attributes of the buddha and how he was able to develop uh wisdom which is ultimately uh what comes out of correct meditation so it's really important for you to understand for us to understand that buddhism is simply not the action of practicing meditation it's actually in the moment to moment state of mind so when somebody is trying to enter dhyana or concentrated practice in order to observe their mind and to observe things with clarity, it's really important to know that that only happens when the other parts of our body are purified. Now, in Nichiren Buddhism, we have the medicine of the Daimoku. That's really important to think. But when when do we use medicine, Right. And how it's used and what dose is very important. That's why, you know, they have the concept of the physician, which is really important in the Lotus Sutra as well. A really wise physician who knows how to teach uh, and administer this medicine through expedience uh, or means, skillful means of helping people. Now, it's really fascinating because you would think that even meditation uh, is, you know, always good but actually in the wrong state of mind or with the wrong preparation. Actually, there's such a thing called a meditation disease, which Master Tiantai talks about, uh, which if meditation is simply the practice that people observe, it can turn into an actual imbalance and cause disease. So that's why actually Master Tiantai in the Makashikan talks about 25 preparatory things that we should do in engaging in this practice of dhyana. Uh, so it's essential, if you look at it, those 25 practices actually break down to the previous four, uh, paramita. So that that's why I said, you know, there's a specific order for the paramita. I don't think people know that. But that those things are essential that when, when we act properly, when, properly with them based on the teachings and guidance of the Buddha's teaching, uh, we are able to have the correct body mind balance that is necessary to enter correct dhyana or concentration. And, and and actually, so now that you understand that, the, the idea of concentration too, when people think of concentration, they think of mindfulness. They think of stopping the mind. And actually, that's why I'd asked people before, what is the different goals? With, even within Buddhism, the goal of a Zen Buddhist practitioner is actually different than the goal of a Nichiren Buddhist practitioner. And ultimately, when I asked people, people thought that this idea of uh, shamatha, which means uh, stillness or emptiness, is, is what the, or quiescence, is the ultimate goal of our practice. But actually, because our practice is based on Tiantai's Buddhism, the concept is actually not just concentration, so that that title may actually mislead you. So maybe even in that case, the word meditation is proper, because in our practice we call uh, concentration and insight, uh, shikan meditation, right? Stopping and seeing, which is shamatha and vipassana, which means. Uh, 
concentration and insight. So what that what what that breaks down to is the idea of stopping the mind by use of the mantra Namu and then being able to gain contemplative clear, uh, clarity within our mind. So to be able to see the occurrences as they are, and also to to see the concept of Ichinen Sanzen, 3,000 existences contained in a single thought that's uh, embodied in the ten realms. So when we look at the ten realms, we observe it through our human eyes. So therefore, this is where, again, a lot of people misunderstand and, and mispromote Buddhism. Because it's not coming from a place of dhyana, right, concentration and insight, even the teachings of the Buddha have been perversely changed and maladjusted. That in, in many ways, you think about it, people won't understand this, but if the teachings are maladjusted or improperly taught, this is definitely not the way of skillful means and causes illness and sickness, imbalance. So people would ask, well, of course, the, the Daimoku is good medicine. But, and there's a reason why the Buddha said to, to have it properly administered. And that's why before we're talking about the concept of a guide, the guide is the great physician. And the physician knows through his own practice and study the, the proper administering of the medicine. If it doesn't uh, properly work uh, and they improperly uh, give medicine to people, it can cause harm. Now, the Daimoku self, I'm not saying that the Daimoku causes any harm, because in actuality, it's the it's the perfect medicine, as they state in the Lotus Sutra. So even people who don't understand or know how to implement properly, the practice of the Daimoku is simply by chanting it, they do get benefits. That's why all the practices that say simply chant the Daimoku and get benefits, there's a point to that. However, that's not ultimately our goal. So, the, you know, that lacks a kind of skillful means because they give a simple idea of the Daimoku, which again, what is our ultimate goal? Which, as I was stating before, is different than most practices of Buddhism. Because most practices of Buddhism, people think, is this, uh, how do you say, uh, equ- uh, emptiness. Being able to see the true state of all things. They call Kensho in Zen Buddhism. But in Nichiren Shu Buddhism, in Nichiren Buddhism, Tiantai Buddhism, the concept is Kanjin. And Kanjin means to observe, not just with the eyes, but observe through that clarity of mind to see all things. That's why if you look at Nichiren Shonen's uh, writing of Kanjin Honzon Sho, it means to observe correctly the correct object of veneration. What Again, going back to Nietzsche and Shonen's question of what's what's the main practice of Buddhism? What does the Buddha want us to practice during the decadent Dharma? And what is the practice to benefit all beings? Because uh, that was ultimately what he kept asking himself. And, and that, as I was saying before, that's the ultimate sincerity of of Shakyamuni, of uh, Nietzsche and Shonen, of keeping that question throughout his life and, and specifying it. Because... The concept of kanjin uh, is a different idea than kensho. Uh, and so that's why Nietzsche and Shonen was able to expound on it and also to present it in the form of a uh, mandala. So when we're practicing uh, meditation again, now when I say concentration and insight, the insight actually means contemplation. 
Uh, so it's concentration and contemplation, which means that, you know, this concept of contemplation, I really wanted to look into it because it's, you know, my question was always, well, what do we think about something? Uh, are we focusing? Because there are guided meditations in Buddhism. I remember as being a, a monk, the teachings that they would teach her, like the bone visualizations, those kinds of things. And, you know, Vipassana is the kind of idea of being able to see the true nature of things. So, the idea of stopping the mind, which is through the use of the, manda, uh, the uh, mantra, Namo Myoho Renge Kyo, we are able to uh, stop the mind, to clear up the mind, that when we observe something through this concentration of clarity, we can have correct contemplative understanding. And that means uh, there are many things that people contemplate. There are ten contemplations within uh, Tiantai Buddhism. The first, of course, being contemplating the state of the senses, uh, including the mind, and, and seeing how, basically, things are misinterpreted. So through contemplation, we can actually see uh, the real state of things that we are no longer deluded because we've taken the clarity of the stopping of the mind, of the wandering mind, of the uh, samsaric mind, and being able to see what's really happening. And I think this is really essential with what's going on in the world because, again, uh, you know, most people follow what they perceive uh, to be the reality. And and as the Buddha said, reality is not outside of ourselves. It's within our self, inside ourselves. So therefore, we as Buddhists should naturally develop a discerning mind through contemplative practice. And that simply means not reacting emotionally or uh, basically based on karma. So it's very important, uh, especially as we see what's going on in the world, uh, to be the clear-minded uh, one using the concept of conscience, to observe correctly the state of things. Because when we observe correctly the state of things through conscience, then we're able to, to uh, practice skillful means correctly. Skillful means meaning give the correct teachings and live by the correct teachings of the life that will benefit the, all sentient beings. So, therefore, fulfilling our vow as a bodhisattva. And again, you know, just to go back, and I want this to be understood, and this is one thing that really stuck out for me. You know, the six paramitas uh, are is the lifeblood of the bodhisattva. And without them, the bodhisattva cannot uh, remain a bodhisattva and, and therefore will, be, will lose their attainment. So again... It's very important to understand that when you attain something, it's not a permanent thing because we realize all things are impermanent. So that's kind of funny because some Buddhists uh, sell things as being permanent uh, because of an experience or something of that sort. That it's not to, it cannot be lost. But proper maintenance through the continued and balanced practice um, of shikan practice, meditation, we can be able to open up our mind, open up our contemplative understanding through the Daimoku, with the, with the medicine of the Daimoku, removing uh, the ignorance and, and allowing, as it says in the sutra, purifying our sense organs uh, through contemplation. And then, and then therefore being able to practice the way of the Bodhisattva. So 
it's really important that what this is basically saying is that we need to engage in this every day, every moment. So if you, if you, you know, I'm going to say this really strongly, but if you really are going to practice Buddhism, Buddhism must be your foundation. Uh, your foundation for living your life can't be ideologies. And again, pretty much, well, everything created outside of oneself, and this goes for politics and all kinds of things, it, you know, we as Buddhists should be very uh, aware of how ideologies and, and ideas are created. And therefore, because we're not looking at judging people, what we're looking at being effective and skillful means to be able to really get to that goal that I believe is the underlying part of the human uh, existence is to, first of all, realize our true nature and be able to support, compat through compassion and wisdom, uh, all other beings. And it's interesting what people cling to. Uh, people cling to things so easily, which again leads us to be misled. Uh, and again, I, <laughs> I don't really actually judge anyone for doing that because sometimes I'm of that way myself because I'm a human being however it's really once we properly cultivate ourselves so my instinct might be as a human being instinctively to react uh, some way but then it's very interesting because through the practice of dhyana and the other paramita wisdom naturally uh, arises to counteract uh, how would you say that very um, uncontrolled, unenlightened behavior uh, that usually directs our lives for us to create karma. And it's really fascinating because there's definitely a freedom involved in that. Uh, and when I say freedom, it means the freedom that we are not being uh, manipulated or incorrectly, how do you say, led by other things outside of ourselves. And that means attachments to uh, ideologies or identities or anything like that. And and it's you're probably going to have lots of challenges because that's the point of concentration and insight is to concentrate the mind and observe the mind correctly. So if your mind isn't concentrated and you're not practicing meditation and the other paramitas, of course you're not going to be able to see things correctly because... You know, it's really interesting. I, I feel Buddhism itself has been taken over by ideology. Uh, and, and again, that turns into the majority of people. And, and, and Buddhism majority doesn't really mean anything. What it means is that each individual's practice is essential. So, you know, the majority doesn't get to tell other people what they what they think. So it's, it's, it's fascinating, and perhaps we can look down that road someday. But... What it means is that every person's uh, state or opinion is relevant at that point, and that if we have correct clarity, we can see where they're coming from. And if it's an if it's if it's a and I don't want to say good or bad, but if it's something that's not benefiting them their life, Buddhism is the way for them to realize it. You know, and that's the ultimate freeing of people. Uh, in this world, because I, I don't believe we can be free simply by our thoughts, ideas, or uh, ideologies. 
they never freed us because uh, we're all still in the same state as our ancestors. There was a great song by Damian Marley Jr. that said, you know, why do we repeat? We can't get over what we repeat of our ancestors. Like this, uh, as Bhagwan Rajneesh said one time, the, the tape that just keeps playing over and over and you just constantly uh, repeat the kind of uh, beliefs and ideas of your parents and, and those of your ancestors. And it, it, it's interesting because, we, you know, in Buddhism, the clarity of mind, even for the benefit of our ancestors, comes through proper meditation. And I believe that that's going to be the true liberation of our world, uh, is, of course, by every time people observe the, the paramitas properly, uh, the world is then a pure land. So let us fill the world with bodhisattvas and awakened people. Uh, that That is the greatest gift and the most uh, respectful gift that we can give to all beings. And, and no one in Buddhism is excluded from that. So that's another fascinating thing. You know, no matter what we've done, no matter where we're at, you know, as we see with the Ten Worlds, we may be even in hell mind, but you know, we still have that Buddha nature inside of ourselves. And if we have the correct skillful practice through good friends, real good friends, which are, are through practice, we can uh, be able to actually liberate uh, ourselves and others. And wouldn't that be great by uh, having the state of concentration and insight in our daily lives and, and people actually free because as Bob Marley said, you know, free your mind. Uh, the mind is where is our own prison, and our ignorance is our is our death sentence. So, uh, please liberate yourselves today, and and really take to heart uh, the six paramitas. And next we'll work into wisdom. So I wish all of you a blessed day, uh, full of meditation and concentration. And uh, I look forward to our next podcast lecture. Have a good day. Namu myoho renge kyo.